0: Hey there listeners, Ruckman here with a little bit of a pre-episode update. To start off with, first of all, we want to apologize for not getting an episode out to you last week. But after my trip, uh, getting trying to link up with our schedules with two days before the podcast should go out. Got a little hectic, so we decided to just give it a rest. If you missed that update, it was put out on our Twitter, at Crew3Podcast. On Twitter, we are also at Crew3Podcast on Instagram, so check us out there if you want to get some updates. So, real quick, though, I do want to add, this is going to be covered more so in the end of the episode, but just for you guys up front, I do want to say that for the next two weeks, we're going to take a little bit of a break uh, for New Year's and the Christmas holidays, so hopefully you all enjoy your holidays. I know, me and the rest of the guys are going to enjoy our holidays a lot. We're going to be back here for you guys on the week of January the 6th, which is the week right before GP Austin, where hopefully the three of us are going to be there for various amounts of days depending on the person grinding out in the pioneer ptqs and so we're going to be there hopefully to say hi to some of you guys uh, also at the week afterward, we weekend afterwards we pack south in san antonio all three of us are going to be there again ricky's gonna have a little bit of stuff to do on one of the days but the three of us are most likely going to be in the magic area grinding out probably some theros pre-releases playing some pioneer just trying to have a good time so come up to us there uh, not really finalized yet but might have like a little bit of a sticker, some sort of swag thing to give out to anyone that sort of comes up and asks or wants to be handed out in general. Uh, Real fast, though, uh, during that break, we do hope that you all can take the opportunity to either write in to our Gmail account at crew3pod at gmail.com with the subject line review. Uh, With that, hopefully you guys can give us some ideas on what you'd like to see improved during the break. Uh, We're talking about maybe discussing the format change a little bit. Just sort of, you know, we're about five episodes in here, and we do our, you know, we're still growing our legs here, stretching them out. We're trying to figure out the best way to produce content for you guys that you guys will enjoy. So if you want to leave a little review there, I probably might put out a Google form here, linking it uh, from our Twitter Or our Instagram account. We'd appreciate you guys weighing in. And telling your friends to tune in to our our show here. And hopefully we'll be back after that break. Listen to what you guys wrote in. And start improving. And give you guys the great content that we are hoping and want to provide you guys. while we talk about this growing and great format. So again, thank you all for listening. Enjoy the holidays. And please put in your two bits there in our crew three at gmail.com or crew three pod at gmail.com email address with subject line review reach out to us on twitter or instagram and keep an eye out for those possible review form going out soon and please spread the light spread the word around about us put out some reviews on your preferred itunes google play spotify whatever you guys do and we hope you guys keep listening to us and help us continue to grow thank you Welcome back, everybody, to Crew 3 after a week off in a week in Disney World. We are back with me, as always, Chris and Ricky, gentlemen. How are you doing? Hey, doing good. good. Pretty good. All right, all right. So we got a bunch of stuff to talk about here. Uh-huh. We had a couple PTQs, a bunch of leagues going on, and two big bands shake up the format. Hey. So let's start off with, of course, let's talk about these PTQs. Uh, of course, we had the Evolution, I would say. Spurred on by Jerry Thompson with the innovation of the mono blue de- or the mono green decks, splashing blue for Hydra Crisis and Oko Thief Crown instead of uh, Vivian and various Hydra, respectively. And I think that was a big hit there. Jerry posted an article about two weeks ago about it. I didn't read it, and uh, unfortunately, that doesn't really matter because obviously right. Oko's now banned. Uh-huh. After I was bought all in on this deck to uh-huh. give it a shot, but luckily it's a quick switch over to mono green. Uh, let's, look, let's look at the top eight here. That was won by uh, the blue-green deck here. We have Yamakiller of course shouting out Jerry T in his tweet when winning the deck. Uh, second place we have an updated mono black aggro here, bringing back in four of Rankle this time, playing some Grass of Darkness. Obviously losing uh, Spungus Copper, but still looking pretty strong here. We have in third place another Blue-Green Devotion deck list. Fourth place, another Blue-Green Devotion deck list. Fifth place is a different take on Mono Black here. We're looking at Vampires. So we're looking at Soren Imperius, Bloodlord, Blood Lord, Champion of Dusk, Drawn Liberator of Malakir. Dusk Legion, Zella, Gifted Aetherborn. Bring in two Garys, card we mm-hmm. hadn't seen a lot of going forward recently. In place. Sixth, sixth place. Gary. In, in sixth two place. main deck,
1: Kalidus.
0: Yeah, two main deck, Kalidus there. Help out the... Again, Kalidus is a vampire, so... It's going to put in some work there. Sixth place, we have Blue Light Control, a deck you guys know I love very much. Mm-hmm. Uh, seventh place is Red-Green Aggro, playing three of Ember Cleave, going big here. But we're looking at the more token variety here with Pelt Collector. Uh, but it's playing interesting cards here, like Voltaic Brawler and zurta Goblins. It's not really that full counter version. That eh, kind of is, because we also got the Experiment 1. I would assume, yeah, this is, this is that sort of counter version, not running the Goblin package. With Rattle Master and Legion War Boss here. Also playing three Hazard the Fervent, Gruel yep. Spellbreakers. And then in eighth place, fast. for you two, we have one Phoenix decklist list uh, playing a card. I know both of you, I don't think, are very high on the deck list with a single Crackling Drake. Going into and our four second.
1: Fiery Temper. God. Yeah.
0: So I, I don't remember which actual PTQ this was, whether or not this is the first or second one. But obviously, here uh, we see that big explosion onto the format. Of that switch over from Modern Green Devotion to Splashing Blue. Mm. Now, do you guys think that was the straw that broke the camel's back in the case of getting Oko banned?
2: Yeah, I think this deck just popping up everywhere, and just, especially just like the fact that it's like standard cards from the last like year, just kind of <clears throat> went over the top. Because it just does not feel good to just be like, oh, I'm just going to play the OP standard deck in Pioneer, and look, it's also OP here. So I think that's kind of what, uh, what did it I know that a lot of us weren't, you know, like Oko in uh, Pioneers, not not the worst, but I think when this deck kinda came out and was just kind of the same standard deck that just got banned, I think I think that, that did it.
0: I think that Hydroid Crisis was a card that I thought was surprisingly missing from this format, especially with the prevalence of Oko here. So I think this is honestly a natural evolution for the deck. I'm surprised it just sort of took this long. But mm-hmm. leading up the the previous bans affecting this deck list. Obviously I think that's sort of what pushed it into this this line. And that is to say I don't think we're getting a little ahead of this talk here, but I don't think this I think Oko that band's been kinda of brewing for a while that's sort of brewing for a while now. I don't think it's kind of a surprise that Oko was banned and I think at first I thought it was sort of a gut reaction to a lot of internet outrage over Oko. Mm-hmm. But going through and looking at a lot of the deck lists that have been coming out of like this top eight and the other top eights, it doesn't matter what deck list it was, if it was playing blue was most likely playing Oko. So that yeah. sort of gives that whole ubiquity argument we saw with cards like Smugglers, Copter, and things like that. So right. hopefully with Oko, you will see a little more mid range in the format. I know there are some cards, even myself, I'm more interested in playing without Oko in the format. But again, we'll, we'll touch on that uh, here in a few minutes. But I think it was just sort of important to bring that up now with these deck lists. So Second place
2: here uh, no, no Looter Scooter. And a card I, I had not seen... Correct me if you guys have seen this card, but they, they upped the rankle count, it looks like, and now they're playing for Grasp of Darkness. Yeah,
0: I mean, that's kind of the big innovation here, mm-hmm. uh, is that, yeah, they're, they've they upped that rankle count. They're playing more, more Gutter Bones. I don't I think they're pretty low on the Gutter Bones count with Spoilers Coffin in the front. Correct me if I'm wrong hey, we took that.
2: out we took out the uh, the Theros draft commons. Yeah, we took out... Uh, it was the a weekend. Kaladesh. Sorry. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. We've also upped the Castle Lothwain count to three instead of two, I believe it was previously. Yeah. yeah. And we're looking at some Lifebane Zombies on the sideboard here. Three Kalidus in the sideboard. Grasp of Darkness. So yeah, we're we're, we're bringing some more removal into this deck because we're seeing a lot more, I guess, sort of aggro creatures, creatures in general that Grasp of Darkness is going to take a lot of. Especially with Questing Beast, that's going to do a lot against the Questing Beast. Mm-hmm. So let's take a look at the second top eight here we see. Uh, winning it, uh, if you guys want to hand me the Trophy and Wreath. I'll gladly represent Blue White Control here. A deck, of course, that I've been championing since we've been starting playing this format. And again, in second place this time, we're seeing that Mono Black uh, Vampires take. Third place, we're looking at, uh, what is this? Uh, Soul Tie? actually really saw, I look in Soul list, I like this a lot. It's kind of that, uh, I would say that Soul Tie mid range aggro deck. We're adding a lot of cool cards here, like in the form of Scarab God and Tireless Tracker. Mm hmm. Uh, In fourth place, we have Civic Stompy. Uh, Fifth place, we have another blue-white control deck list. Can I add
1: that this is the cleanest-looking blue-white control list in existence?
0: I I like this. I'm not super high on Jace Architect of Thought right now, but I do like a lot of the numbers here.
1: I just mean in that, like, normally blue-white control is, like, one of this and one Mm -hmm. of Sensor and one of Settle and one of Search, and this, like, list just looks a lot more... Yeah, I've, I mean, I've been, playing,
0: else, but... I've been trying to play a more concise blue-eyed control list, but I didn't agree with all the deck lists that are, like, one of Skywhaler's shot and all those types of cards. Like To me, that just felt like it went along with when they were running Field of the Dead and you just have, like, a mana base that's taken up half your deck sheet. You're playing <laughs> sure. all these one-of blue-white lands. Yeah. So, the sixth, nice sixth place, we're going back to Mono Green Devotion. Someone didn't get the memo here on we're playing blue now. Uh, but they're including two Vivian Champion of the Wilds, and this is by YuvYuv0303, playing two of Vivian Champion Repin of the Denver. Wilds. Denver. Vivian Champion of the Wilds here in one of those sort of flex slots of the deck. Uh, excuse me for just one second. He's
1: playing all four Walking Ballista.
0: Yeah, they playing all four Walking Ballista. Sort of mentioned earlier, before we started recording, that, I've seen a lot more go to like two, maybe three in the main board. I'm playing three in the main board of my list. Uh, seventh place here we have a deck that we're seeing a kind of a tick up in, I think, and a deck that I think we, we've sort of agreed on is has some some legs in the format in you that mono-blue aggro deck list, right? Mm-hmm. Plains the Curious Courses Obsession, Deception, you know, Lizard that's the Curious yeah. you know, Obsession the deck. It's pretty good, too. And then rounding up the top eight is, again, Simic Top beat. So those are our top eights, guys. Uh, obviously, taking the Simic decks out of the format here, you know, are these top eights, do you think these decks are sort of we're going to start seeing more of. Do you think we're going to see a little bit more emergence of other deck styles here outside of this? I think Blue Light Control is here to stay now, which makes me really happy. Do you see anything in these top eights? I mean, Mono Green is probably going to stay. Uh, which Mono Black do you guys like better? Do you like the Vampires? Do you like just the evolution of the Aggro deck without Smuggler's Copter?
1: I like the Vampire deck, but I do feel like if you don't have Soren hands, that it can be a little wonky, but all the Soren hands are like super explosive.
2: Yeah, I mean, um,. You know, have any ramp, but on five you just slam it down a Blood Baron. And if you're playing against another black deck, you're like, try and kill this. You know, can't uh, can't kill the Blood Baron. It's just protection you from your deck. So that, I'd like to a, notice you can't beat that card.
1: Uh, what I don't see in either of these top eights, yeah, uh, which is uh, Nexus of Fate.
0: Mm. Yeah. Oh. So that's that's. So let's uh, let's put a put a pin in our league deck list real fast because I don't think we've talked about we picked out any league deck lists that are playing either Oko or of course now Nexus of Fate. So let's mm-hmm. let's let's switch over these these bands here. Uh do you guys want to say a few more words on Oko? Do you think we I left some stuff out in the Oko discussion here? What do you guys think? I think Chris, that Oko Chris
1: is like a really weird card because the more and more I play with it, the more it feels like if you are not a black deck, when the Oko resolves, you just you as playing against it just have to accept that Oko is on the board, and you're not going to remove him from the board.
0: I mean, being able to tick up and instantly get out of a card like Fry that is meant to destroy the Oko, right? Like, it's just...
1: It goes to 6, and if it's on turn 2, and he ticks up to 6, it's like, can you really afford to be shoving 8 damage his way next turn when he ticks up again?
0: Like, And and I don't know if you guys saw this, but even Mark Rosewater, I... Hopefully, it was a very tongue in cheek response, but came off in sort of poor taste when someone asked about uh, how, like, what is the idea behind Oko being able to to take out a fry, and he just replied something along the lines of, well, the good thing about direct damage spells is you can use multiple on the same target. It's just like, that shouldn't be the case.
1: Yeah, it's a three mana walker.
0: Eight for one yourselves, guys. What's the problem?
1: Yeah, it's a three mana walker that produces cards. The cards are food tokens, but they're still cards. Mm -hmm. And so it's just like, If I've got to play two burn spells, this is like best case scenario, I've got to play two burn spells to kill the Oko, like I've spent probably because of the rate of burn four mana and two cards to answer one three mana card that gave my opponent another card. Mm -hmm. Like, it's just not feasible. Like, when he comes down, like in the Phoenix matchup, when Oko lands, I'm just like, Okay. There's just now an Oko in play for the rest of time. I mean And just, how do I how do I deal with that?
0: It's not like we have Lightning Bolt in this format. I mean, you have a couple of people playing Lightning Strike, maybe you're playing Shock, but there's just not a lot of direct damage that's good enough to be pointing at these planeswalkers to handle it.
2: And if you're mm-hmm. super aggressive, like that the text on the card that it makes is way more relevant. Because effectively, like it takes three lightning strikes to undo one one Oko. Because yeah. it's two to kill the Oko and then they gain three life from the food. So, like, it's another three damage that that you have to undo, so...
1: The card just, like, is pushed in every possible way, and, like, was it fine in Pioneer? Yes, but just in a vacuum, the card is stronger than most cards in the format.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Again, I think we're... we're, People want to argue the Oko Power level. I think the Oko Power level is fine, but it it just became one of those cards with... There's not a whole lot better to be doing if you're going to be in a sort of, like, mid-range strategy, right?
2: Yeah, I mean it definitely I mean it definitely was going to take over the format I think. I mean um again it's such a strong three mana play. And again it's just it's just so undercosted for what did it for does beast within. Yeah, I mean like I don't know. So I I think it was probably a fine
0: ban. Um a lot of people seem to love it, so. So then let's talk about Nexus of Fate. A card that wasn't really putting up any sort of results, but I think that was just there's just this large groundswell of people really hearkening back to the horrors of eggs and Modern, right? Mm-hmm. Or KCI. I mean, it just felt like one of these cards that people just didn't want to deal with in the format, honestly. I Like, do, am I wrong? Had, did I miss some top 8s where it was showing up? I mean, maybe it had one top 8 here or there, but it wasn't like these Oko decks, it wasn't like Devotion, it wasn't getting multiple top 8s in the same event.
2: A
1: lot yeah. of the format really does just dump all over it. Like, Questing Beast is just a nightmare for that deck to deal with. Wild Slash. And, like, Wild Slash just, like, ends any Fog plans. Like, the best lists weren't even playing Fog anymore, because there's no point. So many cards mm-hmm. beat Fog. Um, it just felt Link. like
0: that when they the deck finally decided to do what it was doing, no one wanted to sit there and just wait for it to win the game.
2: Yeah, we were 30 minutes in. Yeah. And the way you have to get the paper ones, like, they're all foil, right? So it's just, it's just, it's just a headache, like...
1: I think it's a bit of a preemptive ban. Like, it's probably a ban that comes eventually anyways, if not due to power level, just due to, like, quality of life, like, game time, and also availability of the card.
0: Sure. I just just think that, like, the comparisons to KCI are there, right? Or just the original, like, the Stanislav Sivka eggs, right? Mm -hmm. But I don't think this deck folds as easily as those. And it's just, at some point, people, like... I get your opponent can flop on the combo, and they can flop eventually, but just concede at some point as well.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's that's tough just because, like, if you're in a competitive environment, like, you know, if you... If it's game one, that's one thing. But, like, if it's game through game uh, two, you won game one, like, you know, I don't know, like, are they going to be able to finish their combo? I mean, did you, when did you kill them? I mean, like, it's their responsibility to beat you, so I definitely understand not uh, not conceding, and that's, I think, one of the problems
1: so my brother i i brought my brother to the iq gave him burn he hasn't played magic in years he used Mm -hmm. to play magic and uh he gets sits down against case uh not casey sorry against nexus of fate and uh he's just like he's holding a boros charm and his opponent is at three and he's tapped out and his opponent goes like nexus of fate you know, untap nexus of fate. And then his opponent goes, I have two nexus of fates in my hand. Will you concede? And my brother is like, just looks at the boros charm in his hand. And he's just like, no, like keep playing. Right. Yeah. Sure. So then another 10 minutes go by before he finds the thing in the ice. And then once he flips the thing in the ice, my brother's like, okay, all right, I'll concede now. Yeah. It's just like eight, 10 minutes. And it's like, you know, he's like, he's like, if you do miss one turn, I have you dead. Like sure. I've I have the Boros charm in hand. So it's like it's hard, especially like newer players trying to get into the format, they don't know about like how inevitable it really is once you get two of them like that. But, like,
0: but again I think I think there's a difference between that of if you drop this once, then you're dead. Versus well, I'm just top decking myself here, you know, the game can go either way. Yeah. So I think that is a different situation but I do understand that. You know, obviously, I think that people just sort of sometimes just want to make their opponent go through it in sort of a, a bit of spite and salt.
1: Oh no. That's not the yeah, that, that's definitely not why you should make them go through it. You should see a win con. Wait to see a win con? Sure, I agree mm-hmm. with
0: wait to see a win con, right?
1: I'm like, just... show me how I like all like show me how you win. You know, I want to see how they plan
0: to win. Sure. So, do just, you guys.
1: Just stupid amass token like it wasn't standard? Yeah.
0: So <laughs> oh, the, All oh right. Lord. So, let's let's take a second here to talk about the the other ban list update that came in for the rest of the format, where Gavin Vahey announced that uh, we've banned the ban list, the scheduled ban list updates, right? That was the big takeaway right. from that. And they're sort of now going to be free flowing, sort of, I think, what they should have had already, or just a more willingness to do. Uh, a ban list as needed, right? Uh, but what we're going to see here is sort of adjustments as needed, not really scheduled, but still somewhat regularly, maybe like every four to six months we're going to have a ban list update. Sort of, I'm assuming they're going to be very close to coinciding with major events or major releases, right? Mm-hmm. And hopefully in January when they switch over to that, that is also the plan for Pioneer bands to link up with those going forward. So we probably only have two, three, maybe four weeks most until we start seeing pioneer switch from weekly bands to these more to daily bands to daily bands, yeah, band announcing going with the rest of the, the magic in general, right? So sure. do you do you see anything else on the chopping block here, or are we done?
1: God, please be done. Like, how, how do you
0: say? I mean, like, and that's
2: and this just the thing I had, and everybody was like, oh no, of course these cards need to be banned. But like, you know, when when we took out um, field of uh, Field of the dead. the dead. Field of the Dead. Right. Yeah. We took that out. Like that. That that was a week of results, and I and I get it. But it's like now it's like, well, what's going to take over? Like, is vampires going to be too good now? And now we're going to have to to ban a vampire? It's like you know maybe because they're only we're only waiting a, a week, um, and and I get we had like a bunch of PTQs and stuff like that. So like may, maybe it's fine. But it's just like who knows? Like again, is it safe to buy? I, I now understand the. Well, I'm kind of scared to play the format because I don't want my cards to get banned. It's like, well, now, yeah, yeah. like now that stance totally made sense because they're just going to ban, you know, as, ban as whatever someone who,
0: if you go uh, to our Twitter or Instagram at Crew Three Podcast, mm-hmm. you can see that I did just buy almost every piece I need to play the the Simic Ramp deck. Right? I mean, I already yeah. had the Okos thanks to one Christopher here, uh, but everything else I bought just for that deck, and I was going to play this weekend schedule got cancelled so now I'm, I'm sending these cards back for more store credit right mm-hmm. but luckily you know that deck shell Monogreen is the only thing I, I mean what, are they going to ban Nykthos next like that's my fear is, is, is are, we, are we tired of Monogreen like they, if, if we're going to say anything, potentially on the chopping block I think it's Nykthos like if they're if they're going to be tired of green, now's the time to be tired of Devotion I guess ban Forest ban, ban Forest, ban forest.
2: Do I mean, like I said, I don't know that it's a real chance, because it's just it's not the kind of card that they typically ban, but again, Thoughtseize is a very, very played card. Um, I think there's a chance. Yeah, I mean, like I said, and, and we were warned about this. I mean, they, they told us at the beginning, oh, don't invest too much in cards that you think might, you know, might get banned, just play I, whatever. I just so sort of I like, get it, but...
1: The reason I disliked Modern so much, and continue to dislike Modern, is it very much feels like a it's good ban it
2: format. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: And that's not fun. <laughs>
2: right. Like right.
1: back when like we had a good meta, we had like Splinter Twin decks and we had pod decks and we had like other odd control decks that attacked at angles that mm-hmm. could get under the twin decks or maybe they were looking to um, hate on the, the the ETBs or something weird that the pod decks were doing or hate the yard or meta decks and stuff like that. It was like a really interesting format and the gameplay was fun like mm-hmm. Splinter Twin was a powerful deck and it had a lot of interaction and it like taught players that like hey like, you need to leave up interaction like or you mm-hmm. could just be dead so don't tap out unless you're going to be winning the game you know and then sure. like ban it and then like we get Hogak and like there's some interesting games going on with Hogak it's a fun deck and they just like ban every possible card that the deck is so dead right it can't ever come back. Like yeah. it just—it feels—it yeah. feels so bad in modern. I don't like that. I'd, I'd rather have powerful decks shake out into the top of the format. Like right now, we've got Urza, and like the deck is good, and it's starting to become like a top tier deck. You can always expect to see an Urza deck, and like what's happening is all the card prices are dropping because of it, because everybody's just like, "Well, Urza won. They're gonna ban won. it." Yeah. And I don't want that in Pioneer. I thought the whole the whole allure of Pioneer was like the format is so open.
0: Right. The only banned I, cards are. Which is why I think this last week or so, the last couple bands between the Smugglers Copter bands, you know, those bands and this week's bands, Nexus not in there, but with Oko, I think those cards were banned for just how much they were being played, right? Mm-hmm. right. In these types of strategy. They were just defining these strategies. I think Thoughtseize is a obviously a heavily played card, but I don't think it's defining a strategy like these other cards were. Sure, that's true. So I think those weren't banned on power level. Arguably Oko, potentially, uh, but I think these were being banned for more sort of how they were just taking up guaranteed slots on any of these strategies, right? Yeah. So I just think that, like, I think we are seeing more overplayed cards being banned for being overplayed versus power level, Mm -hmm. and I think now is a good time to work in a hands-off and just see what Pioneer can do.
2: That would be a good idea. I, I will say going back, like the problem with like one of the Hogak things was just like because they had banned so many other cards, like it was far and away the best decks. Like I didn't have a problem with the Hogak ban. I don't have a problem with bans as, as much as as Ricky does. But again, I, I just thought some of the bans were a little preemptive, and some people were like, like "I said I got some flack for." for that uh, on my Facebook group of people going, like, no, of course it needed a ban. And I and I get it to some extent, but again, what I want to see is, like, time. Is, is anybody going to come up with something different? It's a new format, like, maybe we give it a couple weeks. So, again, I hope we are hands-off for a little bit here. I don't necessarily mind Nexus of Fate just for a quality of life, and, and Oko is probably one of the best Planeswalkers ever made. So, like, you know, I get it. They probably wouldn't allow Jace the Mind Sculptor and Pioneer. Maybe they would, but they probably wouldn't, so... Now, as,
1: as for course. the change to the announcements...
0: Mm-hmm. As uh, far as I'm concerned... With, what do we do with all these Olive Garden gift cards? Uh, <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, the uh,
1: they're not really changing. I mean, yeah. like, the B&R announcement schedule is already the biggest joke in the world, in my opinion. Mm. They don't know how to schedule their band renouncements anyways. Sure. Like, it's just like, oh, we banned, like, f- uh... We banned Aetherworks Marvel and nothing else, and then two days later, just like, oh, and Fell the Mm-hmm. and
2: it's yeah. just
1: like, did you all buy your Sahili Rise? Mm-hmm. Good. Two days later, they're banned. Right. And just like, the number of times that they're just like, oh well, uh, oops, we need to ban this now rather than later, it, like it it already was at any time. I I am waiting for the like ban list. In the middle of a magic weekend or something like that, I immediately. <laughs> yeah. I did like the. I can't remember who posted it on Twitter, but like the, the year is twenty twenty two. You've you've gotten three wins in the GP before. a Card in your deck got banned. A new record.
0: <laughs>
1: it's just like you go into round four after game one. Your entire sideboard gets banned, and you love the you love the excitement.
0: Twenty XDX and melee games are settle on poor priority.
1: Yep, 20XX,
0: it's coming Alright, so those are our PTQs, those are our bands Let's talk about some of these spicy deck lists from one of the more recent leagues We're just going to look at the twelve sixteen league or maybe I think one of you picked a, a league from one of the PTQs uh, A lot more PT or pioneer preliminaries are starting to pop up now which are sort of a, a side way to the leagues to just get you qualifier points to make the actual PTQs So let's start with some deck lists Chris, Ricky, who wants to go first?
1: I've got a sweet one. I've got a Boros Feather list that went five zero. Okay. I've been looking at Boros Feather for quite a while. Let's talking about it a little bit on the cast. This deck is playing, of course, the Favorite Hoplites, the Monster Swift Spheres, two Red Horde Arcanists, the 10th Districts, and the Feathers. Um, this deck. Better, I, I better like
0: Battlewise his... Hoplite. Huh? Better Battlewise Hoplite?
1: Yeah, Better Battlewise Hoplite. This one's playing four Gerd for battle, which is a card I loved in the standard Feather deck. Mm -hmm. It's also playing two Ryle, which is uh, deal one damage to your own creature and draw a card. So it gets to play essentially like six Defiant Strikes effects, as well as the Titan Strength. It plays Boros Charms, God's Willings, uh, Reckless Rages. Uh, I really like this list. And in the board, it's playing Swift Justice and Pithing Needle. A lot of Pithing Needle. Three Pithing Needle. Which Dang. I'm not sure about, but to Rest in Peace is definitely good for the format right now.
0: And with, without Oko, I mean, you could probably cut down the Pivot Needle count. Probably.
1: Yeah, that's, that's your big fear, is that Oko just elks your feather, or Teferi mm-hmm. bounces some of your guys away. But mm-hmm. Teferi's a real problem, actually. But his, his static stays around no matter what you do with the Needle. That's right, the real yeah. problem, you know. So uh, with, that, yeah. with that
0: Arcanist going off, it's not really doing a whole lot. Yeah, stops your
1: arcanist. Um, he makes your God Willing a lot worse.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: infinitely worse almost. Um Can
0: prevent some
2: blocking. Yeah, that's for sure.
0: Another thing for our more uh having having been working with uh, with an acquaintance or a friend of mine at a board game group who's trying to get back into magic, if you if you get if you take the the Sacred Foundries and the Expand Advantage out of the list, out of the equation here. The deck's about 100 bucks. That's a pretty good value, guys. Oh, yeah. And it's a lot of fun.
1: Pretty, Pumping your
2: dudes combat tricks cheap. the deck is pretty fun.
1: And, uh, I mean, the Pithing Needles are, like, 20 bucks for the three. The Wild Slashes are honestly also, like, pretty expensive. That's the, <laughs> yeah. Like, you can... Yeah. Those are in the board. So, yeah. like, you get this whole deck for, like, under eighty bucks. like, really. If you're yeah. just wanting to play with, like, uh, Cliff Tops and Battlefield Forges.
0: Yeah, if we're just looking at the main board here, if we get rid of the the, the Sacred Tides and Inspiring Advantages, Monastery Swift Spear for a place that's probably your most expensive buy in here. Yep. Uh, so yeah, that's a good pick. I like it a lot. Chris, what you got?
2: Um, I'm looking at here, and again, a deck we've talked about, but a deck that I kind of wanted to talk with you guys about. Like, what are what are we replacing uh, since Looter Scooter got banned? But uh, some Is it in Soul showing back up on some five O's. And it looks like we've kind of replaced that with a little bit of uh, our friend Phyrexian Revoker. Okay. And this list has one of Whirler Rogue. And then I think it's just upped its count of um, either like an extra Stonequail Serpent or an extra Hope of Gerper. I've seen some lists running one. This is running two. Uh, and Frex Roker is a pretty nifty one. I was thinking about Sorcerer's Black Glass, uh, and this comes kind of with a body on it, so this is uh, pretty nifty. You don't rely as much on combat tricks, so like the Teferi Static not as relevant for for this deck. Um, you're you're pretty fine. It's not the best thing ever because you do run some some stubborn denials uh, main board here, but. I think there's some interesting... I think I don't think this deck went away with Looter Scooter, and I think that uh, it's definitely a solid deck, especially a solid budget deck, to run around and play. Again, most of your expense here is in the lands. You need some muta Vaults, but uh, you probably could get away without them.
0: One of the includes and, here that you failed to mention, I just mm-hmm. want to point out, is the Royal Scions.
2: Yeah, it's a, got a two of Royal Scions, uh, and that's just a, a great card overall. So, um, Ricky and I have been playing a lot of that card pretty much everywhere that we can.
1: Love the Royal
2: Scions. Mm Mm-hmm, yeah, it's got, again, it's another double plus one. This is a card that kind of talked about that, like, if it weren't for Oko, we'd probably be talking a lot more about this card. Uh, The second ability, a lot of people forget, like, it doesn't just give plus two, plus so, and first strike. It gives plus two, plus so, first strike, and trample. Trample. Yeah, the trampling is pretty relevant uh, on a lot of your stuff, so... And then it's got a pretty relevant ultimate ability. It's not the greatest, but drawing four cards is is pretty sick. And then you know by the by that time they're typically dead. So uh, royal sign is pretty great. I don't know how it meshes well with this deck in particular. It's just a great card always, so it's probably just you know fine no matter what. But uh, definitely something I would go back and look at for a budget deck. Uh, and now you don't have to mess with the. The Looter Scooters, the Smuggler's Copters, so I think there's some fine replacements. I think there's some other artifact-making cards. Um, one card I don't see in here that I think is pretty good is PNLR. Just make a dude, make it so that some guys can't block, give some give some fire breathing. I think that's a card that should be worth worth considering around here. So Other than that, this is a pretty standard list. It is running the full 4 skill animator
0: and 4-in-soul artifact to make your random artifacts 5-5s. Five and might I recommend German Ghostfire Blades mm. for those Geister Fire Klingas. a but good pickup there, Chris. Uh, my first list, I want to talk about Gorilla Mask with his 5-0 sort of black red mid-range style here. Especially if we're gonna see a lot of uptick in blue eye control as someone who's playing blue eye control. I can tell you this is a deck list I don't want to be going up against. It's playing three collector brutality. Four Thought Seas, three Coligans Command, off the back of also four Goblin Dark Dwellers, two Bedlam Revelers, a nice pickup here in Chandra, Acolyte of Flame, and Torture Defiance. Acolyte of Flame, really interesting here, letting you flash back those uh, those Thought Seizes, those Coligans Commands, those Collective Brutalities with its minus two ability here. Just a lot of just hand disruption into some big beefy threats and it's just going to keep you off your game, right? This is a decklist I like a lot. Hoping to go try and pick up some thought seasons, pick up whatever I need to start playing this and trying to beat my own deck here, in a sense, right?
1: Hmm.
0: So this is a decklist, again, a sort of style I want to just look out for. A lot more disruption if we start seeing blue Control tick up. So that's sort of my decklist to be watching out for as we go forward. That seems pretty good. I've got another sweet one. Uh Uh-huh. What's your second one for us?
1: All right, I keep looking at this deck and I keep watching this deck, and every time I do, I, I learn a new interaction in this deck, and it gets more and more interesting to me. We get mm. is it phoenixes? Not is it phoenix, but is it phoenixes?
2: Okay, okay. Um,
1: uh, now with four brazen borrower, which is the more I play with this card, the more I like it. Four bone crusher giant, two champion of wits, four flamewake phoenix, four rekindling phoenix, and the real all star of the deck, elder deep fiend.
2: Yeah, the Deep Fiends.
1: And like, dude just like just like on your upkeep, sack my Rekindling Phoenix to cast Elder Deep Fiend for four mana. And I'm going to stack the triggers so that Koslek's return in my graveyard happens, then I get my Phoenix token, then my Elder Deep Fiend comes in, and then I'm gonna tap your lands down after the board's been wiped, and then I get my token and it's just like, it's like and click all over again.
2: Right. Now, Ricky, and it's been a minute since I've played with uh, with Rekindling Phoenix. Does that get haste on your turn? It does get haste does on not?
1: your turn if it comes okay. off the token. Gotcha. Um, so it's whenever it dies, you create the zero one one elemental. Right. Mm-hmm. And the elemental sacks to get back the phoenix from your yard with haste
2: on yeah, your upkeep. Yeah. yeah, I knew about the token, I just wasn't sure if that token gave it haste
0: or not. Extra spice. So, But do you know here that you will have to wait a whole other turn cycle for that token to pop.
1: While my opponent's upkeep is when I'm sacking this.
0: Oh, sure, sure, sure. Yeah, I'm doing right, this yeah. on my it's opponent's upkeep tough. to tap their mm-hmm. lands down. Okay. So I I just, my turn, I get my Phoenix The back.
1: return yeah. is going to sack all there. So then, like, I'm looking to untap. So that's, like, my turn 4 play, or my turn 5 play, right? Mm-hmm. So they have 1 mana to deal with a 5-6 Octopus and a 4-3 Haster, so that's nine damage plus any of my lands that can come, mm-hmm. plus any Flamewake Phoenixes that I've also thrown into the yard. Yeah. So it's like it's like like you do that on turn five, and it's just like your opponent has like one mana to answer Ooh. like a good twelve to thirteen points of damage to coming their way.
2: Crucially, a lot of your cards have that that four power for Flamewake Phoenix to come back.
1: Right. Both rekindling phoenix and elder deep phoenix let you get back the Wake phoenix. So does bone yeah. crusher giant. Bone crusher giant. You might was on
2: this deck list here, Ricky. What? This is this is a deck I saw Hoogland play uh, a while back, and, and uh, I don't know if he invented it or not
0: for quite a while. Yeah,
2: I don't know if he invented it or not, but it's, he's definitely the first guy I saw playing a lot of it.
0: I also, like, is a charm in this format a
2: lot? Yeah, yeah. I definitely went to one of my local game stores who were selling is it charms for twenty five cents a piece and bought all of them. Yeah, they only this had like good. four or five, but still.
1: I have Ooh. six pack foil. Is it charm? From when I used to play is it charm Ooh. in Scapeshift.
2: Shift. Ooh, what a beast over here. So,
1: my actually my Phoenix deck looks really really pimped out somehow. Nice, nice. Just like, I had foil pirate opts. I have like, the foil is it charms. I have foil lightning axes. Sick. I didn't, I didn't buy foil wild slashes. I already paid too much for those.
0: What a noob. I need foil wild slash. Now you just need foil Theros full arts. That's right,
1: my my uh, my pain lands were foil. Two of them are foil. Oh, nice.
0: look at you. because
1: she Reefs were like, what like a dollar A dollar two. Yeah. yeah. So like, I had foils from when they were that low. Nice. I think they're a little bit more now. They might be. My, uh,
2: my second list. If you're if you're done. Yeah, I am. With done that one,
1: Ricky. Gawking here.
2: Yeah, this is a uh, this is a new one. I I haven't seen this. So this is. Uh, what I'm going to call toolbox spells. You've seen a lot of creatures toolbox around, um, or creature tutor decks around. This is a spell tutor deck, uh, which I know with Fae of Wishes does not like seem seem as hard as it used to be, but this uses uh, Golgari colors. This is piloted by Smiley Man to a 5-0 list. And there's just a card that I totally forgot about when it was in standard. I, I really liked it, and it didn't see quite enough play then, but I, I definitely think it's got some opportunities. And that's a card called Gaze of Granite. Which is X black black green destroy each non land permanent with converted mana cost X or less. Uh, that's a pretty it's a pretty sweet wrath effect. You get your get your walkers, you get uh, your random enchantments, you get whatever's out there on the field, uh, which is which is pretty sick. Great at obviously taking care of tokens. Good good wrath for cheap stuff. But the fact that it just cleans up all kinds of permanents is is pretty hot. Um, your engine of this deck is three dark petition and one mastermind's acquisition. Dark Petition is the um, the demonic tutor, basically. It costs five, but if you have two spells in your graveyard, you get triple black back. And then you also have Mastermind's Inquisition, which either gets you a card from your library for four mana or a card from your sideboard to your hand. Uh, We're also playing some Seasons Past. um, You would almost call it a Seasons Past deck. One of the reasons I think you've got the Gaze of Granite is to diversify your, your mana costs
0: significantly. Yeah, I would definitely call this... This is like the Seasons Pass deck. I think that's the real engine of this deck here.
2: It's only got one Seasons Pass though, and it's got more more tutors than just the Seasons Passed. No, I definitely really? think you're trying to get the Seasons Past, but I think a lot of times you're trying like there's an extra Seasons Past in the board, which is one of the things I think you're trying to get with your, your Masterminds Inquisition. You only you need, need one other seasons
0: one. past. It shuffles itself back in. It goes this to is the very bottom. True. shuffles
2: back to the bottom. Very true. I, I was just used to Seasons Past decks playing more copies of Seasons Past. But we're only running five creatures. One is you know, Murderous Rider, just because it has the the, uh, kill spell on it. Uh, one Flip Nissa, Nissa Vastwood Seer. Two Tileous Tracker, one Kalidus. And then we've got an Ugin at the top end, and then just a bunch of removal spells. We're obviously playing four Thoughtseize, because that card just makes a lot of black decks go. A couple Assassin's Trophies, a couple Abrupt Decays. And then just your standard Removal Spells, along with a Sign in Blood and a Read the Bones, which are pretty similar cards, I would say. So, um, but a Golgari package that, yeah, you could definitely say the season's past is the heavy lifting, but I do like this Dark Petition, um, and the Mastermind's acquisition. Getting the cards we need either in from our deck or out of the board to handle what our opponent's doing.
0: No, no Castle Garenbrig here, though? Not Garenbrig, uh, Locktholane?
2: No Castle Locktholane. Now you're probably planning on having too many, too many cards.
0: I will say being we got some missing
2: Quagmires. To block, I think that card has Death Touch. Yeah, Buy, it does. Yeah. Buying, yeah, yeah.
0: buying backfield and a field pass with Seasons passing is pretty good. I mean, the mana base looks pretty basic, heavy, honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you get to do a lot of uh,
2: a lot of playing basics. You got a Urborg in there, and then like so just basically a lot of removal spells, a Languish, some ramp. There are some ramp in this deck. One thing I should
0: definitely mention: you got some Nissa's Pilgrimage. I'm, I'm looking at this wish sideboard here. There's some spicy stuff. One, yeah, crypt, I mean, one Kryptoncursion. To the slaughter, Revenge of Ravens. Like, there's some, there's some sweet stuff to be wishboarding for here. Yeah, there's definitely like some,
2: some just stone cold killers. I mean, like the revenge, the Revenge of Ravens I really like. That's a card that we've just seen, like really does do a number on aggro. I mean, like they'll kill themselves faster than they think. Um, your second copy of Seasons Past. I like which I like your Crypt Incursion call out where like you're stopping any of the graveyard shenanigans going on. And then just a lost legacy, just to get you know if you see some kind of combo deck, Norta card I would put again, it in against like the Phoenix decks or things like that. It's just like it's not that important of a card, but um, I do like do like that kind of thing. Ashiok, the uncommon version, mm-hmm.
1: very good card.
2: Mm-hmm. Not as relevant now with uh, with the field decks gone, but I'm sure to see some play.
1: Still pretty relevant. The exile of the graveyard is what's really relevant right now. Like a lot of yeah. decks are just using the yard right now.
0: Yeah. Sure, sure. Uh, yeah, it's definitely a good pick and something to watch out for. Certainly a deck I could see going going forward here. Uh, are you done with that one?
2: Yes, yeah. That's right, well Randall, I bring my last
0: pick here is going to be Jund Sacrifice, played In by... In Pioneer Ruckman? Yeah, played by Itaxol axel zero four two seven, or however you want to say that, before it becomes a Russian number station. Hmm, huh. Uh, we're looking at four Catacomb Sifter, four Talus Tracker, four Gilded Goose, pumping out three Corvold, Fake Cursed King. Uh, you're looking at three one, Corvold. Three Corvold. We're a hungry boy here. We're we're feeding him some stuff. Oh my lord. Right. Two China Torch Defiance, one Vrasuvgari Queen, one Liliana Dreadhorde General, one Vraska Relic Seeker. Off the back of four Fatal Pushes, four Thoughtseize, two abrupt decays, two Dread Bores and just all the base, all the lands that you'd expect. Uh, with three Fable Passage, maybe not enough basic lands in my book for for three Fable Passage, but it's going to help feed some of these Sacrifice decks. Mm-hmm. Uh, cards I would maybe want to see included in this deck list. You know, where, where are my ovens, where are my cats at? That's a card I maybe want to see in this type of deck list here, especially with Catacomb, Sifter. Uh, I don't. I think it's a cool deck list idea. I think this sort of rock strategy, Sacrifice, your own stuff. I think it's interesting, there are some cards for these one of Planeswalkers that maybe not entirely agree with, uh, but Liliana and Vraska do help feed into your your Sacrifice Outlet guys here. Uh, a card maybe you can think of, maybe some Gitrog monster, I don't know. There's a lot of cool cards I need you can still mess around with this strategy, this type of decklist, but I think this is a cool shell to start messing around with. Catacombs of Tyler's Tracker, both good cards to be playing in this format, especially, right. especially Catacombs through this shell. I think Tyler's Tracker... Hopefully, we might see enough taken play. I think it's a very good card in general. Maybe we'll see more of it. It could be maybe without now that. Oco. It's not an elk anymore. Yeah, another another card. I'm hoping to see a little more of in this format. Is some uh, some great henge action. Is another cool card. Mm, I think we can sure. see more of. So let's let's transition now into now we're in a post Oko world. Now we're gonna we're gonna have some time here. I think. Before we see some bands, what cards are you guys looking forward to? Hopefully, seeing some more of in this format. I personally looking at cards like Tileless Tracker, cards like Great Henge, There's these sort of mid range cards that were sort of pushed out by the threat of Oko. So what are you guys looking forward to going forward? I just want that siege rhino. We're just gonna be sieging some rhinos right now. Yeah? This this time to time to end the extinction.
2: Yeah, I think so. And I, I don't know that it's gotten I don't I don't know that like Oko had any effect on this this deck, so maybe it's just not a good call out, but I am a little surprised we haven't seen more Rally the Ancestors. I know we saw that kind of low-to-the-ground aristocrat style, um, which is probably the way to go. I mean, Rally is definitely pretty expensive, but uh, there's a lot of great, especially Golgari, pitch cards in your graveyard. So I I think just the fact that there's so much good graveyard hate, but I don't think we've seen the end of the graveyard. I don't even think we've seen the best graveyard deck yet. I think there's going to be some some things coming out of... uh, the next, you know, weeks or months that are going to really push Graveyard's um, Graveyard strategies to the forefront.
0: Without without Oko, is the time to start Ghost Riding the Whip and bring out those Whip of Erebos, Or maybe even, like, the Eternal Cauldron? I don't know, maybe... I, I'm
2: wondering if, like, Whip's not slow. I think the, the Cauldron's better than it's gotten credit for. Um, I think that's a, a pretty inexpensive effect, that because you can put cards in the yard so fast. The fact mm-hmm. that you don't get to keep putting cards down there when it's out, I don't know that it'll be super relevant, so... I think that's a combo that you could conceivably see on turn 4 or 5 that could be getting back some strong creatures. But one thing, again, I've seen is just, like, uh, there's not as many creatures that kind of just win you the game, or there's so many ways to remove creatures in this format. Maybe it's not worth going that kind of route. Hmm.
1: Sure. I think it will be interesting to see what happens without Oko. Um, Like, with Nexus of Fate gone, like, honestly, it's sort of, like, sort of, I don't know. Like, it didn't see a big presence, in my opinion. Like, it was there, but it wasn't there. Um, Mm -hmm. like, now you won't get laughed at if you're playing Shock instead of Wild Slash. Hopefully, Mm -hmm. sure, sure. Cause, like, I mean, you don't have to prevent those fogs anymore. But,
2: like, yeah, Uh, I'm interested to see. And this sounds a little crazy, but if there's another fog deck out there, I know it's just tough in a world of Wild Slashes. Like, it just does make the deck um, and questing beast and questing beast. This is very true. It's probably not good. But the thing is, if you weren't playing Nexus of Fate before, there was no fog deck you could play. I definitely played a fog deck in standard that involves some wildest dreams. There were some really good fogs you could get back. So I don't know. I think that there's definitely some possibilities there. I don't think it'll be that good. I really think enchantments, as soon as Theros comes out, uh, might make a comeback. Sigil of the Empty Thrones in this format, um, Sphere of Safety's in this format, and that's a hard card to beat. Let me tell you what. You're if we have can get, assassin trophies at the ready, if
1: we can get a Greater Oromancy in in Theros reprint, then mm-hmm. I I believe entirely that we will get. Especially because there's an enchantress effect
2: in that the form- in, right? in the
1: format already.
2: Yeah, there's multiples with uh,
1: that is an enchantment. Idol on of blossoms. blossoms is herself an mm-hmm. enchantment. So yeah. with with a oromancy already in play, like you build your own argothian. You know what I mean? Um, so I do think that you you may be onto something here if we get a greater oromancy isk card, like even at three mana or like even a privileged position. I'll mm. take anything at this point. But uh, with something like that, I definitely can see it happening. But until then, I think Abrupt Decay and Assassin's Trophy are just sup- enough to stop enchantment decks for the most part. Right. Um. Is Back to Nature in the format?
0: Destroy all enchantments? For two mana, yeah. Oh. Uh, it is... From M15, so yes, it is yeah. in the format. Wow, that's that's so. definitely tough. It, it so
2: won't be too good. But by the way, um, spoil this Satesson Champion three mana one three that gets a plus one plus one counter whenever you play any enchantment and you draw a card.
0: So let's take a quick minute here. I mean, we don't we don't have a lot of spoilers so far, but let's talk about some of the some of the few things we've seen, some of the more key cards we've seen out of Theros Beyond Death so far. I think Cetestan Champion's one of the few. That's sort of worth talking about here, right? Mm-hmm. So let's start yep. there. Uh, that enchantment, that strategy. Obviously, this would be a good counterpart to the of Blossoms, and you could even go uh, turn one Elf Dork, turn two Satesman Champion, turn three of Blossoms, draw two cards, right?
1: Um, we've got
0: yeah,
1: we've got Ashiok seems to be a good card.
0: Yeah, I like Ashiok a lot. I was definitely a little little down on it when it was first spoiled, but the more I read into how the tokens work right, I didn't realize there was a trigger on block, on attack, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, I definitely think that Ashiok is probably going be better than I initially thought it was going to be. Is this the worst Elspeth? Is this the first bad Elspeth?
1: Um, no, Elspeth Tyrell was the first bad Elspeth, but okay. this is, oh man, I just like, I'm going to say it, Elspeth is unplayable.
0: Oh, like, I don't I, think this one's unplayable. I thought the minus one was a plus, and I was like, okay, you know, maybe there's something here. Uh, but, like, gaining five life, like... <sighs> like the yeah, whole point true. is that like
1: you're supposed to cast her multiple, multiple times, but it's just right. sort
2: of like... And I, th- I think the big deal to remember here is that, like, uh, escape is not flashback. You can do it over and over again. Right,
1: and I get that, but... Like... I know
2: you get that, but that's just to point out for, like, why the card has only minus Look birds. at Oko. Oh. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Oko has only plus have, you.
0: You have Don't look at Oko. They want you not to look at Oko. Right. right. Don't, don't, look look at look don't, at, don't look at, at the card. Even look at Even look
1: at Like, Scions is a walker for three mana that pluses mm-hmm. up to six, either mode. Right. Both of its modes are pretty relevant. It mm-hmm. quickly ultimates, and the ultimate's very powerful. Right. Um, like, it doesn't protect itself, but it's got such high loyalty, it doesn't really need to.
0: Hey, right. minus minus two to make two one ones that don't even get to look at a questing piece as it runs them over.
1: Yeah,
2: I hear you. I hear you. I think that's what makes this card fine though. The fed, the four mana makes some dudes potentially make some more dudes, and then I'll be casting this again later to make some more dudes. I think this it, is basically it, Elspeth tokens.
1: It is a, like escape is any four cards in our yard, so it's like delve. Mm. So at least it has that going for it. So I was gonna originally just like put the scab ruinator stamp on this card and move on with my life. Mm-hmm. But scab ruinator is worse than this card. Cause you needed to exile three creatures specifically every time you wanted to cast it
0: again. Look, all I'm saying is I hit up uh, Resident Elspeth fanboy Jackson Vaughn and he legitimately said this is the worst Elspeth ever made. Oh man. This he is, is the worst he is one. not he is not looking at playing this card at all, and that is from the world's biggest Elspeth fanboy. One of the only people I know that was like actually disappointed when they killed off Elspeth. I rejoiced when they killed off Elspeth. Me too. Right. He's heartless. <laughs> she's Okay, a, she, bad, she's a bad kid. She
1: abandoned Johnny in Alara. She abandoned
0: Cat. She abandoned Cat. She
1: she abandons Koth in Mirrodin. Mm-hmm. and like runs away from all of her problems until she ends up in a world where literally everybody's like you're so special. Look at you. You're you're just the best. And she's like, I and know, then, aren't I?
0: And then who knew Greek gods would betray you? Yeah. And I thought it, it, was, just, it
1: was a fitting end for the girl who ran away from everything. Who
0: ran, who ran away from Frexia every time.
1: Yeah, always. Nicol Bolas, uh, I'm out of here.
0: The, n- the d- knight was too afeared Yeah. Like, and uh, it's going to be real awkward with her, boi- her boyfriend that she murdered now being blessed by the sun when she's the sun's nemesis.
1: Also, Daxos is creature-type demigod, which is cool.
0: That's going to be interesting going forward. And also with Daxos, he is no longer returned, so maybe we'll get to see some interesting stuff with... Can the returned gain their personality back? Obviously, this is more story-wise than gameplay-wise. Also fun to note that his shield is his returned mask.
1: Also, uh, on other fun note, the trailer, if you haven't seen it, contains a jump scare?
0: Actually, I haven't gotten to watch the trailer yet. Okay, just jump-scare warning. Okay. Trigger warning. So thank you. And then, of course, I haven't really looked at all these cards. We see two of each color spoiled for the... I guess they're from the theme booster, right? Uh, we have get, seen that. There's only one get, card
1: that excites me.
0: Is it Korg from Th- Thor Ragnarok? No.
1: Definitely the card that excites me is Tudor 4, four Minotaurs. Minotaurs with different names. Different
0: names, yeah. Hmm. And I'm
1: just like... Trying to figure out, is there something stupid we can do here? Because um, we could definitely go get any of the changelings from Lorwyn.
0: I mean, that doesn't help us in this format.
1: But like, almost every Minotaur is Pioneer legal. Sure. We can definitely go get the the red Neheb. Okay. The the six mana one that gives us uh-huh. mana equal to the amount of life our opponent lost.
0: Uh huh. And we could get Mogus's Marauder.
1: We can get Mogus' Marauder. Um, I don't know. Come back to me on what the card does something. I it might just be a commander <laughs>
0: card. It, it does it does something. It's called a tutors for four. Or a yeah, it does like, like, it, <laughs> it does a little bit more than something. I don't I mean, know. Putting them on the ba- putting them on the battlefield is interesting, right? Right. But yeah.
2: I, is I, uh yeah. is red Giants growth being reprinted a, a thing or not? Uh, uh brutal strikes. Oh yeah, brutal. Uh, Infuriate. That was it's a plus different. Three does not give, It does not give plus two. Yeah, it's plus three plus two. Yeah. You know?
1: And can only be cast on attackers.
2: No, nope, there's instant. One red man, a target creature gets plus three plus two until the end of the turn. Mm,
1: okay, that sounds like a decent trick. I
0: don't know. I don't the, know the card that I don't understand. I I this is, boy, this is this is five D chess in the Crowan War. That's an interesting card. If
1: the other. Saga, the blue one, that's four steps, If sure. that it's not an official spoiler yet, so if that one gets confirmed, I'm pretty sure that card is busted in half somehow.
0: Now, what does that one do? I forget what that so, one is. So,
1: that one is step one, scry two. Okay. Step two, name a card.
0: Okay, we're making big brain plays. Step
1: three, during this turn, any time you cast the named card... You draw two cards. Okay. Hmm. And then step four is you scry one.
0: Then is step five, find another cousin? I Not <laughs> yet.
1: There's no step five yet, possibly. I'm pretty sure, like, like, even in standard, like, if you just, like, scry and be like, I'm in a name, like, opt, and then your ops draw you three cards next turn.
0: So I know you mentioned... Could be bio- pretty sick. I know you were talking earlier before we started recording about biomass mutation... Uh, but there's also Clovis's design to give all your creatures plus X, plus X, or X your devotion to green until end of turn for a whopping six mana. Oof. So we're going to Aspect of the Hydra your entire board.
1: Yeah. I actually, that's a card I'm excited to see see some play. Not that it was being held back by Nexus or Oko or anything, but I think that, like, Aspect of the Hydra is a really good card.
0: I mean, I'm definitely looking at some Mono Green Stompy, too. with got all these green cards laying around. Time to, time to put them to work. Uh, what do you think about the uh, white-blue Ophidian here with Staggering Insight, white-blue Curiosity?
1: That card wants to do it all.
0: Yeah, I mean, and lifelink I and getting really to... I really
1: hope that it gets to do it
0: all. I just don't know where. Yeah. it sure does not seem models. like it's
2: going to be Pioneer playable, but maybe
0: Standard playable. I do... Somebody's going to be beaten down. It... Does the art for Commanding Presence look very dated for Magic recently? That I looks don't like think it... so. I got it used yeah, though. Like I thought it was a
1: reprint. But the card I mixed it up with was Commander's Authority, which mm-hmm. is another aura for white and a bunch of colorless mana that pumps out random soldiers at the end step. So hmm.
0: so any, any other any other Theros cards we want to talk about here? Obviously we're just in the very beginning of the spoiler season. Yeah, just kind of rambling on those. Sure, I mean there's definitely some stuff to look forward to. I'm excited hopefully for you guys who are wanting to get into some Nyctos action. Hopefully we'll see a Nyctos reprint. Maybe a mana confluence reprint. Oh, uh, are there any sort of reprints you're hoping for in this set? I guess, guys.
2: Greater
1: Oromancy.
0: Okay. <laughs>
2: uh, I don't. I'm not super excited about reprints in particular. Nothing I can think of. I'm sure there's some. If you guys mentioned some, I'd be like, oh yeah. But you know, reprints. Like, I, I like the new cards. Uh, I'm
0: so far. I'm most excited for the basic lands. Basic lands look dope. Definitely pioneer playable definitely pioneer playable especially forests Buy mm-hmm. all your forests. forests
2: you can tap them and claim they're blue because they look kind of teal so nobody's gonna know
0: all right so what's uh anything else we want to talk about guys before we ran off here with some hot takes i guess For wrapping up here oh
2: i'm judging
0: hot takes right i am this we we didn't really discuss this before we started so who wants to who wants to go in the dojo here who wants to oh who wants to fight for the title who thinks they can best uh, me? Sure, I, uh, sure. You got one.
2: Sure. Okay. I, I think I judged last week, but I did not prep a prep a hot take.
1: Um, thinking here. Give me one second.
0: Okay. So while Ricky thinks, we're gonna I've got We're it. gonna re, re go over it for everyone here with our hot takes. So Chris is gonna be our judge. So me and Ricky, I'm actually gonna start using a timer because I think we should actually start using a timer for this. Okay. Uh, so I'm gonna pull out, I'm gonna pull out a timer. set it for 30 seconds here, and, or 60 seconds here. We're going to get our little soapbox, or hot take, and then Chris is going to decide, and that's going to get our soapbox, sort of wrap up the episode. This episode, we're going to have a little bit of an announcement going forward into the sort of future of this podcast, everyone, but for now, Ricky, are you ready to get started? I am. You can am, only start, Ruckman.
1: I am ready, and I want to go second.
0: You want to go second? I do. Okay. So this is really really, I don't think this is a very hot take, but I think it's a very important take to make. Uh, on December 9th of this, uh, or a couple of weeks ago, Tularean Community College, I think, put out a very, possibly one of the most important pieces of magic content that we've had in who knows how long. Mm-hmm. Obviously, mm-hmm. what, was, very, what was on that what was so on this that? This video, he presents a very hypothetical situation where potentially in five years' time, we he was sort of lays the groundwork, him and Pleasant w lay the groundwork for what... Would happen if in five years' time the Wizards drop Paper Magic support. Now they're not saying Mm -hmm. Paper Magic will be ending. Uh, We're just looking at a loss of organized play support. A lot of things I think he's sort of picking up on and we're seeing now sort of happen. Uh, Things like Secret Lair is getting me very worried about this. I think there's just a lot of signs that he points out to that are very important. I really have a lot to go into on 60 Seconds, but for anyone who hasn't watched it, go watch that episode of his podcast. I think it's very important. And a good think piece for people to think about going forward for the future of our game, and that is my sixty seconds. So your hot take
2: was a uh, was uh, a retake. It was a refried beans, if you will.
0: I just uh, want to I just want to put out there that I think it's something that if you care about this game, you care about the future of this game. People need to go watch it.
2: <laughs> that's very fair. Very fair. I, I like that take. I like that take. All right, Ricky. I'm gonna put you on the clock here. Let me know when you're ready. I'm ready. Okay. 3, 2, 1, go.
1: Treasure Cruise is a fair magic card. Okay. Uh, Treasure Cruise, uh, I've been playing it, and it never seems as good as my opponent's dig-through times. Mhm. It's still a good magic card. Um, I don't think to board out as much as I should. I should be boarding it out more. Um, but, like, it is so impossible to pay 8 mana for that card. Sure, it sure. Absolutely impossible. Um, It is hard to manage your your yard, especially in this format, where there's so much yard hate. Every game 2 and every game 3, your Treasure Cruise is almost always a dead card. I I think that there is absolutely zero risk of Treasure Cruise ever being banned in this format.
2: Dang, zero risk of ever being banned in this format.
1: Absolutely. Card is very strong in game 1, and Subpar in games two and three in most matchups.
2: Alright. You heard it here. Ricky's taking his life on it. Yep. He's gonna bet a box of War of the Spark. Yep.
1: One box of War of the Spark. If, uh, I'm not buying that box, box of, of, the of the War of the Spark.
2: <laughs> okay. Alright. Alright. Um... I don't know. I, I've judged two weeks in a row. It's hard for me to... It's hard for me to... Maybe we should start a Twitter poll about the, uh, the takes this week or something like that. It's very hard for me to pick. Um...
0: Do I have to pick, or can we make a poll? I mean, we can make a poll. That's fine. Or you make can a poll. Ricky, Ricky wants. Let's all right. Let's 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 make a people's champion on this, and let's have a Chris's champion.
2: All right. Um, Chris's champion on uh, on both of these is is that I agree with uh, with both of you. I I, I want to start the poll because I can't pick. In my opinion, you both win. It would both be better than way better than my hot take probably for this week. Um, I, I think it's fair to say that Treasure Cruise is is not getting banned. That card is uh, started off on our watch list, and I think was one of the great reasons for hey, you know, going into it, I think people would have immediately thought that card was going to get banned because it's banned in the modern. But obviously, mm-hmm. in this, like, you have to build so much of your deck around it. When you're not jumping just...
0: fetch lands into the graveyard. Exactly it's, right. It's... Exactly
2: right. So when you don't have fetch lands, the card's way way more fair, and so I think that it's really dropped off in. Like Ricky said, not super consideration. I could see it ever getting banned, maybe, but that would probably involve some pretty heavy grade strategies. But I do also agree that it's pretty interesting to see uh, Professor talking about that. I, I don't think it's just out of nowhere, and I think they bring up a great point. Where like, well, we're going to start uh, outsourcing a lot of our a lot of our job, really, right? Like, we don't want we don't want to pay judges anymore. We don't want the risk of them seeming like they're employees because we've been sued about that. Uh, So, you know, how how little can we actually support and make other people take on the financial risk
0: of organized play? Honestly, before he even put out this video, as soon as I started seeing things like Secret Lair popping up and them announcing that they realized and did research into Commander being the most played paper format, that's Mm kind of when I got worried for, especially Command. Now, I don't think the video goes in. the same. Hold on, hold on, hold on. You both, you both have earned thirty seconds
2: to to talk about what you want to talk about. Is this what you want to talk about? Sure. All right, thirty seconds.
0: Go. Sure. I think again, I don't. I don't think that if I was trying to say paper magic is dead, I think you're just going to see a lot of the death in paper competitive play. Obviously, with shipping off things, the channel firewall organized play. You're going to see a lot more reliance on channel Fireball, Star City games to keep competitive play going forward. I think that with the danger here is when they realize that commander is the highest portion of their paper contingency so you're going to see a lot more direct sales circumventing the stores and the secondary market with products like secret layer with uh, set round printings of commander sets i think i love commander to death but i think it's going to leave to a heavy impact on paper competitiveness in an official capacity going forward gotcha
2: that was 45 seconds that's that's fine that's perfect ricky Yes. You have 45 seconds to talk about what What would you like to soapbox on.
1: Alright. There is too much graveyard hate in this format. We need, mm-hmm. if there's going to be any more bans, we need to ban either Ashiok or Leyline. Because with... Dang, this is a hot
2: take with, that would have won you the hot take instead of the tie. With Leyline, Rest in Peace, Ashiok,
1: Grafdigger's Cage... All in this format, and I think uh, Crypt I, might also I be in this say, format. Uh, I think he's there's so many. So many. Oh, which one? Scavenging Goose. Goose is fine. Mm.
0: Especially in the one, the devotion decks. I mean, they're just taking a lot of cards out. Like, mm.
1: so many decks that I want to play, play with the graveyard, and like, I build them, they're sweet. I go to any event, even local events, and I just get trashed in games 2 and 3. There's, like, this really sweet Rally Zombies deck that just gets shafted by Yard Hate. Dredgeless right, right. Dredge just gets got so hard by, like, an Ashiok or a Ley Line. Like, even my Phoenix deck, I was, like, I was like, rest in peace isn't the end of the world, but it's just like, oh wait, I've got these Treasure Cruises, oh wait... Like Phoenix, yeah. I sided it out, but I really don't want to side it out in this matchup. And it's just like every deck just plays Leyline of the Void because they can.
2: Sure, and sure, All right, that was that was your time. Was up twenty seconds ago, but but uh, well well received, well received from another Phoenix player. Fair enough. All right, Ruckman, When you want to close this out here.
0: Yeah, so in talking with Ricky and Chris, I think sort of scheduling reasons, we're going to take the next two weeks off because our recording dates are very close to Christmas and New Year's celebrations. So we're going to take those holidays off and I think in this time we're going to go and maybe look back and sort of what we can change and how we can improve the format maybe of of the show here. We definitely want to keep making this for you guys. It's something that we enjoy to do. It's a conversation we're going to have anyway so might as well put it out for you guys we do want to be making sure that we are providing for you, the listeners, the best listening experience possible from us. So we're going to take these next two weeks off and we're hopefully going to come back to you guys the week of Monday, January 6th, which is the week before uh, GP Magic Fest Austin where I know Ricky's planning on being at and playing in a bunch of Pioneer PTQs. Am I right in that, Ricky? Yep. I'm hopefully going to be there for at least Saturday just to go, maybe Friday, alongside him just to go playing those PTQs. Chris, are you maybe going to try and be there as well?
2: Yeah, I'm hoping so.
0: Okay, it's true. So we're all going to be trying to be there in some capacity. Ricky's for sure going to be there. And the following week of that, we're going to all be at PAX. Ricky's going to be a little more busy with his other commitment, but Chris and I will be wandering around doing whatever for most of the convention. So uh, I haven't really confirmed whether or not I'm going to do it. I might print up some stickers, something like that, to hand out. Uh, so if you want to come get a sticker of the logo or whatever... I might have a stack of them. I'll be able to confirm that as we get close to the date. Uh, but it would be nice, too, if you guys aren't already following our Twitter or Instagram. I'm trying to be more active with this, especially when trying to be a little more active in these next two weeks off during the holidays. And if you guys want to engage with us and leave some feedback, again, we are at Crew3Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. I know these guys have their own. If you want to direct this stuff, preferably at our main Twitter account, and we can they can weigh in as needed. Uh, to be that'd be great and we're we just want to take some time to sort of maybe reevaluate the format Maybe change the direction a little bit to sort of give you that magic pioneer content. We'll see what's going on I think we're probably gonna stay that pioneer focus, but maybe the format might change well, I do like for now But obviously viewers. I want us we want to hear back from you guys Let's just want to hear back from you guys and how we can change how we can improve and we come back from these two weeks off We can give you guys the best listening experience possible and we of course hopefully to see you guys at Magic Fest Austin, at PAX South, in the coming yeah, that's, weeks that's one thing I
2: want to uh, talk about is we will be at PAX South. We will hopefully have some video recording equipment, if I have my way, to do just some little like, oh, what are the crew three guys doing at PAX? Ricky's got his own um, only Saturday. I know media that he's going to be doing with. Uh, but he will be hanging out with us for some extent, and then your boy Ruckman and I will be running around with shenanigans. So.
0: Yeah, they, they haven't announced the past times he's running all the Magic side events there. They haven't put out that schedule yet, but it's it's Theros pre-release weekend, so I'm going to be probably trying to play a bunch of Theros pre-release, alongside, of course, Jammin' Pioneer, Locker out, with Chris. I know we have some other friends going to be there. I might even hit up some of the Judge friends, see what's going on there. Uh, I won't be working the event at all. I'm just gonna be hanging out with the boys. This is a little birthday celebration. Coincidentally, for sort of me and Ricky, I guess, in a sense. Uh, so it's just going to be a fun weekend. We're going to have some, hopefully some video content. Uh, Chris will probably post that up. It'll be a fun time. So, everyone, I hope you enjoy the holidays. Gentlemen, I hope you enjoy the holidays. And look forward to coming back with you guys here in a few weeks. Anything else before we sign off, then? No, thank you so much. Yeah, good. Hit us up on the Twitters. All right. We'll talk to you all later in a couple weeks. Bye. Bye.